Welcome or welcome back to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host, Gwen, and today I'm joined by Jesse for day number four of the 12 Days of Christmas episodes and giveaways. Today, we're shining a light on author Chevy Stevens. We're going to talk about all of her books, which ones we've read and enjoy, and which ones we recommend. Hey everyone, my name is Jesse, and I'm so excited to be back here on the podcast. I have my own YouTube channel called Reading with Jess, where you can watch me doing some reading vlogs and giving out some book recommendations. You can also follow me over on Instagram at readingwithjess underscore. The 12 Days of Christmas episodes and giveaways started December 25th and runs through Thursday, January 5th. Each day you can tune in to the new episode and enter for a chance to win. Prizes will be selected at random. You can either win a book from your wish list or an exclusive talk book is to me beanie. If you win the beanie, I will reach out to you for your mailing address. Every day is a new chance to win. The giveaways are open internationally. However, international listeners will only be eligible for the book prize. Make sure you have your wish lists linked in your Instagram bio. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out more details. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to remind you to follow Talk Bookish to me on Instagram at Talk Bookish Podcast. If you want to be eligible for any of the giveaways, it's a requirement. It's also a great time to join my Patreon and become a night owl. It's $5 a month, but joining doubles your chances of winning. And more importantly, it's a great way to show your support for the podcast and gain loads of bonus content too. Chevy Stevens grew up on a ranch in Vancouver Island and she still lives lives on the island with her husband and daughter. For most of her adult life, she's worked in sales, first as a rep at a giftware company, and then as a realtor. While holding an open house one afternoon, she had a terrifying idea that became the inspiration for Still Missing. Chevy eventually sold her house and left real estate so she could finish the book. Still Missing went on to become a New York Times bestseller and winner of the International Thriller Writers Award for Best First Novel. She currently has seven published books and one short story. We're going to talk about all of them. So first up is that debut book that actually made her become an author. So Still Missing, it was published in 2010. On the day she was abducted, Annie O'Sullivan, a 32-year-old realtor, had three goals. Sell a house, forget about a recent argument with her mother, and be on time for dinner with her ever-patient boyfriend. The open house is slow, but... When her last visitor pulls up in a van as she's about to leave, Annie thinks it just might be her lucky day after all. Still missing interweaves the year Annie spent as a captive of a psychopath in a remote mountain cabin, which unfolds through series with her psychiatrist, with a second narrative following the events after her escape. Her struggle to piece together her shattered life and the ongoing police investigation into the identity of her captor. So we're going to talk about all the books and then I just want to know like have you read this one? What did you think? If you haven't read it like how high is it on your priority list and everything like that like based on what you know about the book or what you've read about the synopsis. So for Still Missing I have read this one. I actually read this book because of your reading vlog Gwen. Um, This one would have been my favorite of hers if it weren't for the second half. I thought the first half was great um, because it gets really dark and honestly, it did scare me. 
I thought being taken without a trace and not knowing if your loved ones are looking for you or even what your future holds, it gave me chills, to be honest. Um, like I said, the second half was kind of a bummer, but I still recommend it. And I think it's a good one to start with. And it's shocking to me that it's still her debut. Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said. The first half of the book is definitely stronger than the second half. But as like an entire story, it's still really good. What I appreciated about Annie's story was the fact that we found out all the crazy stuff that happened to her after she was kidnapped and held hostage. But we also got to see what she was going through after the fact, like with PTSD and things like that. The chapters are told in sessions with her therapist and it's all Annie talking. Like, I really like how the author made Annie seem strong, even though she was helpless under the circumstances. While I didn't really enjoy the ending per se, um, I can value that the author did something unexpected or tried to do something unexpected. Um, the next one is Never Knowing, which came out in 2011. At 33, Sarah Gallagher is finally happy. Her antique furniture restoration business is taking off and she's engaged to a wonderful man. But there's one big question that still haunts her. Who are her birth parents? Sarah is finally ready to find out. Sarah's birth mother rejects her again. Then she discovers her biological father is an infamous killer who's been hunting women every summer for almost 40 years. Sarah tries to come to terms with her horrifying heritage with her therapist, Nadine, but soon Sarah realizes the only thing worse than finding out your father is a killer is that he's finding out about you. Yeah, this had, it sounds like it's going to be super action packed. Like it sounds like that. But it had very little action. It had lots of phone calls and lots of unbelievability. Um, a six-year-old that needs some manners and a messed up family situation. Yet somehow it kept me reading, thinking any moment things were gonna take a turn and get better. But I thought it was super slow paced. Like I said, not much action not much character development and the cops in this story that was <laughs> it was so unbelievable how they were acting in this book that it just stood out to me and it bothered me every time that they came onto the page <laughs> I was just like please go away so I wasn't really a fan of this one and it just it, it is longer than Still Missing, and it felt long. Yeah, I agree. Um, I read this one, and I do believe that it's my least favorite out of the list. Um, like Gwen said, I found it very unbelievable, especially when it comes to the law enforcement. Um, I found myself kind of skimming this one a lot, and I feel like it's not very original. Um, I don't have an exact example, but I feel like this one's been done before. It's overdone, predictable, and I would personally skip. Next up is Always Watching. This came out in 2013. In the lockdown ward of a psychiatric hospital, Dr. Nadine is in her element. So Dr. Nadine is actually the therapist from the first two books. And in this one, she's kind of the main character, which I thought was really, really cool. So it's kind of like she is building a universe. Um, so 
Dr. Nadine has the tools to help people and she has the desire. Healing broken families is what she lives for, but Nadine doesn't want to look too closely at her own past because there are whole chunks of her life that are like these black holes. It takes all of her willpower to tamp down her reoccurrent claustrophobia and her daughter Lisa is a runaway who has been on the streets for seven years. When a distraught woman, Heather, is brought into the psychiatric intensive care unit after a suicide attempt, Nadine gently coaxes her story out of her and learns of some troubling parallels with her own life. Digging deeper, Nadine is forced to confront her traumatic childhood and the damage that began when she and her brother were brought by their mother to a remote commune on Vancouver Island. What happened to Nadine? Why was their family destroyed? And why does the name Aaron Quinn, the group's leader, bring complex feelings of terror to Nadine even today? And then the unthinkable happens and Nadine realizes that danger is closer to home than she ever imagined. She has no choice but to face what terrifies her the most and fight back. I have not read this one, unfortunately. I actually recently unhauled this one. I would say it at the first part of the year. Um, but I did have some reasons for that. I recently found out in my reading taste that I don't like cult tropes. Um, and I don't really find myself reaching out for them. So I felt like I would just unhaul this one and just find out what Gwen thought of this one. <laughs> so even though it's not a long book, it feels long. And that's never a good sign. I liked that Dr. Nadine is the main character in this story. In this one, it starts off kind of slow as she's getting to know a new patient. And near the end of their conversation, the patient mentions the man's name that makes Nadine's blunt blood run cold and strikes suppressed fear and anxiety into her heart. Like I said, the pacing was rather slow until the last quarter of the book where everything was being revealed and it's happening so fast, you might just get whiplash. It was literally action packed scene after action and reveal after reveal that it was hard to keep up with everything. I'd say you're fine skipping it because I've actually read this one twice. I forgot that I read it. <laughs> And I thought I was literally going into a book I have never read before. And I went to log it on Goodreads and I was like, oh, I've literally read this book before. So that should say something that it is very forgettable. And even now, even though I've read it twice now, I'm still having a hard time remembering it. And especially if you don't like cults definitely skip. But it was okay. You know, it wasn't the worst. It wasn't the best. It's kind of in the middle. The next one is The Other Side, which is a short story from 2013. Sandy is working the biggest case of her life, the campsite killer who has been hunting women for almost 40 years. She's finally close to nailing him if she could just get her head in the game. When an old friend calls with a lead about Sandy's mother's murder, Sandy is pulled into the past, a past she thought she closed the door on. Her life is about to get real complicated real fast. So I actually read this one strictly for this episode. I usually do not like short stories because I find that they're very character focused and I do like more of a plot. It's only available in ebook format. So I, I'm not surprised at all if a lot of people haven't read this one or even heard of this one. It was 99 cents and it was only a few pages. It was 
34 pages. I paid a dollar for 34 pages ebook. <laughs> um, the other side brings together the psychiatrist Nadine and the police sergeant Sandy McBride and tells a parallel story to Never Knowing, our least favorite book. <laughs> so if you didn't like the unbelievable parts of the cop stuff, like now you're following the law enforcement. Um, so it is a standalone tale. I don't think, I was trying to think if it had like spoilers for, I think it did like spoil something. I just found it completely pointless and lest you're really invested in the police detectives from never knowing. Um, and this, reading this just reminded me how much they annoyed me in never knowing. So not worth the 99 cents that I paid in my opinion. I hate that I don't have much input on this one, but to be fair, I didn't really know this one existed until Gwen and I were discussing this episode. Um, I felt a little unprepared, but I knew Gwen was planning on reading this one. So I knew I would just get all the details while we're recording and I'm going to trust Gwen and not read this one. So next up is That Night, and this one published in 2014. As a teenager, Tony Murphy had a life full of typical adolescent complications. A boyfriend she adored, a younger sister she could not relate to, a strained relationship with her parents, and classmates who seemed hell-bent on making her life miserable. Things weren't easy, but Tony could never have predicted how horrific they would become until her younger sister was brutally murdered one summer night. Tony and her boyfriend Ryan were convicted of the murder and sent to prison. Now, at 34, Tony is out on parole and back in her hometown, struggling to adjust to a new life on the outside. Of course, prison has changed her and hardened her, and she's doing everything in her power to avoid violating her parole and going back to prison. This means having absolutely no contact with Ryan, avoiding fellow parolees looking to pick fights, and steering clear of trouble in all of its forms. But... Nothing is making that easy. Not Ryan, who is convinced he can figure out the truth. Not her mother, who doubts Tony's innocence. And certainly not the group of women who's made Tony's life hell in high school and may have darker secrets than anyone realizes. No matter how hard she tries, ignoring her old life to start a new one, it's impossible. Before Tony can truly move on, she must risk everything and find out what really happened that night. <laughs> okay, this one I do have some thoughts. This was actually my first book that I've read by Chevy Stevens. I loved this one because it reminded me a lot of another favorite of mine, which is Jar of Hearts by Jennifer Hillier. So I do recommend if you liked one or the other to pick up the other. Um, this one has multiple timelines with both high school and life after prison. Um, it has a mystery and reveals of what really happened in the past, but also how the main character can adapt into their new life. I will say this one was not as dark as I would like it, and I did find the big reveal to be not as shocking, but overall, I really enjoyed this one. It's what made me want to pick up more by this author. I forgot that this is the first one that you read by this author. So that's pretty cool. So in theory, based on the synopsis, I was expecting this to be much faster paced. And as I've pretty much said for every single one of her books, they're slower paced 
mystery thrillers, in my opinion. Um, the chapters are long in this one. Um, my copy had 370 pages and it felt much longer than necessary. It definitely had several places where the details and backstory were dragging. And I just wanted to like get on with it and find out who done it. I wasn't particularly invested or drawn into any of the characters or the relationship between Tony and Ryan. The backstory of the relationship was lacking. So I feel like I didn't get much of them as teenagers. I was just told that they were madly in love and that they were dating when they were in the teenagers. And we really didn't get to see them until they were together as adults. Um, however, this felt like a darker version of like Mean Girls with a touch of Orange is the New Black. Um, it's a mix of two timelines, like you said. You have the teenage years and then later during adulthood. So I believe it's a great transition book for readers who read a lot of young adult and they want to know like where to start with like adult mystery thrillers. I like your um, reference of Mean Girls with a touch of Oranges of the New Black. That is like <laughs> spot on. The next one is Those Girls, which came out in 2015. Life has never been easy for the three Campbell sisters. Jess, Courtney, and Danny live on a remote ranch in Western Canada where they work hard and try to stay out of their way of their father's fists. One night, a fight gets out of hand and the sisters are forced to go on the run only to get caught in an even worse nightmare when their truck breaks down in a small town. Events spiral out of control and a chance encounter with the wrong people leaves them in a horrific desperate situation they are left with no choice but to change their names and create new lives 18 years later they are still trying to forget what happened that summer when one of the sisters goes missing and they are pulled back into their past okay so just to be upfront, the last few books I have not had a chance to read but I do own all of them and plan to read all of them of course um, I have heard absolutely wonderful things about this particular story um, it's the one that's recommended the most of Chevy Stevens backlist so I'm really looking forward to this one I would go into this one with caution it is very 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 dark and it can be very triggering for some readers i hate to say that i enjoyed this one because there are such horrific things that happen throughout the story but it's one that you just couldn't put down yet i found it really hard to read especially listening to the audio i wasn't a fan at first when this book jumps to part two because i felt like i was reading a completely different story and it really slowed the pace down for me but it eventually it picks back up it all connects um there are some trigger warnings i think are really important to go over um again very dark subject matter there's rape kidnapping sexual assault child abuse murder suicidal thoughts physical abuse addiction torture stalking pregnancy and abortion there's a lot more i definitely recommend that you look those up those are just the ones that pop up in my head. But I do think if that doesn't bother you, I would definitely recommend this book. So when we decided to try Chevy Stevens, um, we kind of decided at the same time, we we're like, let's see what this author has to offer. Um, I did a try a chapter of all of her books. So that's what I was going to say is that I do remember reading the first chapter of all of these books. <laughs> so I have done at least that, but you know. That doesn't really give me much. Um, okay, so moving on to the next one. 
This is the one that the first chapter, like, oh, I'm just so excited about this one. It's Never Let You Go, and this one published in 2017. 11 years ago, Lindsay Nash escaped into the night with her young daughter and left an abusive relationship. Her ex-husband, Andrew, was sent to jail, and Lindsay started over with a new life. Now, Lindsay is older and wiser with her own business and a teenage daughter who needs her more than ever. When Andrew is finally released from prison, Lindsay believes she has cut all ties and left the past behind her but she gets the sense that someone is watching her, tracking her every move. Her new boyfriend is threatened, her home is invaded, and her daughter is shadowed. Lindsay is convinced it's her ex-husband, even though he claims he's a different person. But has he really changed? Is the one who wants her dead closer to home than she thought? This one I have not read, but I'm very excited to say that it's on my monthly TBR this month. Um, I'm really excited to read this one. I think it's going to deliver that domestic thriller vibes that I just absolutely love. Um, just based on the synopsis, it's giving me behind closed door vibes by B.A. Paris mixed with a little of Still House Lakes by Rachel Kane. And I'm just living for it. And I hope it does not let me down. I'm so excited for you to read it. I wish I could say it was on my TV or this month, but it's not. Like I said, of the three I haven't read, this one is the one I'm most excited to get to. Even though it's not the most recommended of Stephen's books, I have read the first chapter and it gave me Sleeping with the Enemy vibes. So Sleeping with the Enemy is a 1991 film starring Julia Roberts. After faking her death in order to flee, from her violent husband, Martin, she leaves Cape Cod and moves to Iowa where she adopts a new identity and starts dating a local teacher. Martin, meanwhile, unearths evidence suggesting that she isn't dead. And when her mother confirms this, he tracks her down in Iowa. He finds her and he finds her and Ben and confronts them, forcing her to fight for her life once again. If you haven't seen this movie, please watch this movie. It is so good. I mean, it's old, 1991, but it's so good. And when I read the first chapter of this book, I was like, am I literally reading this book right now? Because it sounds just like it. So oh, I'm so excited for this one. <laughs> I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. Um, the next one is Dark Roads, which just recently came out last year in 2021. Haley McBride calls Cold Creek home. Her father taught her to respect nature, how to live and survive off land, and to never travel the highway alone. Now he's gone, leaving her a teenage orphan in the care of her aunt, whose police officer husband uses his badge as a means to bully and control Haley. Overwhelmed by grief and forbidden to work, socialize, or date, Haley vanishes into the mountainous terrain, hoping everyone will believe she's left town. Rumors spread that she was taken by the highway killer who claimed another victim over the summer. One year later, Beth arrives in Cold Creek, where her sister Amber lived, and where she was murdered. Estranged from her parents and seeking closure, Beth takes a waitressing job at the local diner, just like Amber did. Desperate to understand what happened to her and why, but Beth's search for answers puts a target on her back and threatens to reveal the truth behind Haley's disappearance. 
So as I said before, haven't read this one and I've honestly heard a lot of mixed reviews on this one. So I just can't wait to read it myself and find out where I stand. I actually got this one from NetGalley as an ARC and I remember liking it for the most part. I would say it felt more YA because there are a lot, a lot of the book is following Haley as a teenager. And I know that Chevy Stevens wrote this book based on true events that happened. So I found that to be very interesting. I think this will go either way for readers, but to be totally honest, I think it's kind of forgettable and I don't really remember a lot of the specifics. So if you could only recommend one book of hers, which one would you recommend? Out of all the books I've read, I would recommend Still Missing. Although this one did not have a strong finish, this one, again, made me feel so terrified. Um, I hope this book leaves readers more aware of their surroundings and to be safe, but also it's an enjoyable read. I agree. Still Missing is probably the one I would recommend the most. Um, it is her debut. It's still my favorite at this point. I especially enjoyed the first half of the story more than the second half. I was just so shocked by the middle. I was like, is this really happening right now? Hold on. <laughs> that concludes the author spotlight of Chevy Stevens. Please head over to Instagram and let me know which ones you've read or which ones you're interested in. Remember each day there will be a new winner during the 12 days of Christmas episodes and giveaways. To enter to win today's giveaway for either a book or a beanie, follow at Talk Bookish Podcast on Instagram. Find the day number four post and leave a thoughtful comment. You'll automatically be entered to win. Patrons who enter have double the chances of winning. Until next time, happy reading.